This is your one and only warning. Spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2. If you have not completed this game and you still want to, or you just don't want to hear spoilers at all, stop listening right now. Otherwise, we are going to spoil the hell out of the latest Naughty Dog game. Hello and welcome to the Streamcast. It's a very special edition. So you can call me Owen and I'm here with Abby and leader of the WLF, Isaac. Isaac is Isaac. Poetic. We are going to review and dissect The Last of Us Part 2. Now we can just get into thoughts. I feel like that bit at the end where she decides to let them go is like when something has hurt you but they, it's really really hurt you and the idea of even talking about it like your chest gets tight there's mm. a lump in your throat and you can't get past that point that point of her letting them go was when she was actually able to get those feelings were actually allowed to exit her body and she was actually properly a- able to come to terms with her grief because she just sat yeah. there in the water and started crying yeah and that's what she needed to do because you don't really see her do that throughout the game. It could be like the first time she actually gets like properly upset about it without mm. being like, you know, having Stabby flashbacks. Mm. Yeah. So. Do you think that's when she was able to process everything? I think, yeah. I, I say that because... She talks about being unable to like sleep and stuff and that's because she keeps getting these flashbacks of trauma mm-hmm. and stuff of saying stuff that happens of what happened to Joel. And quite often with trauma you will suppress it without having to process it later. And it can come back to you like a year later or five years later or something when it actually hits you what exactly has happened blow for blow like you can actually put the actual words to it and when it hits you it's like a huge emotional release and i think that translated to the game really well i think anyone who's felt that kind of feeling of finally being able to let go and be like actually something horrible has happened to me or a loved one being able to actually feel that and let it go you feel better i think that's what she needed in order for her to turn around and go home so yeah hmm. One hell of a story. It was like arts. Despite how, you know, up and down I was on both Abby and Ellie at um, different points of the game, I maintained the fact that I enjoyed this journey. I thought the quality of the writing was so good. Um, Naughty Dog have a very good way of blurring the lines of reality and fantasy because all of the clicker stuff... Yeah, that's obviously exaggerated and stuff. But all the stuff about human-to-human relations, forgiveness, consequences of actions, hate, revenge, emptiness, um, they touch on so many human elements that games just don't. And I think that's what separates it for me from just any other horror game or any other zombie apocalypse game. Every character generally feels like their plan... Uh, their life has been planned out. Their life has meant something up to the, up till this point. And it's so three-dimensional. And I I 
I personally love it. I love the ending because it wasn't the ending that Eddie wanted. It wasn't the ending that I expected. And I think trusting in um, Neil's vision is the best way for a consumer to actually consume the product. And then at the end of the game, if I didn't like it, that's my opinion. That's fair enough. And if you don't like the game, that's fair enough. But yeah, I very much enjoyed this game. Mm. I think they managed to come up with a great selection of characters and like none of them were 2D. Each of them seemed to have their own personality and like their own motivations and stuff, which made the story great. And they actually didn't do too bad of a job of mixing up like the ethnicities of the characters and they weren't just token pieces. Yeah. yeah. Like you had Nora who was black and the hair guys. Also Isaac who was black and was in a position of power. Yeah. And the hair. Mm-hmm. Which is always one thing to go for. Mm-hmm. As black, play- <laughs> black <laughs> players play players of games, video games. Yeah. So that's one thing we check is always the hair and the hair was yeah, it's not it's not bad. I, I, yeah, yeah. And then we had I had no complaints. Um Manny, who was of, I guess, I would assume South Mexican, American. I think they, I think they don't specify yeah. on the wiki as where they're from, but there is sort of like an Asian American, Black, um, African American. So it's it applies to all different types of people, and they just had all different types of people, and it mixed together well. Yeah, I feel this is a game that really did well under diversity. Um, my only complaint is that everyone prominent of you know black descent dies but other than that um i was really i was really impressed with how they represented asian americans and uh uh, mexican uh latin americans and um they even had um non-binary people yes yeah that was that was the thing i wanted to bring up that was my absolute favorite part because I remember, like, when the first game came out and people were really upset that Ellie was gay. And we know why y'all was upset. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> but you know why they were upset that Ellie was gay? Anyhow, that was not made a huge thing of. They didn't have, she didn't have to have a huge coming out party. It mm. wasn't the main part of her character. She was gay. She was also immune to the zombie virus. And that was a little bit more important than her sexuality. It wasn't yeah. the main part of her character. And with Lev, they... You didn't know until really later on. And for me, I picked up on it when Yara was saying, when Lev told me how he felt, I told him not to tell anyone. And I thought, that is such a strange phrase to say, like the way they put that together. And when I looked, Lev was born as Lily. So Mm. born as a girl, but felt that he was a boy and transitioned to Lev, cut his hair short and was living his life as Lev. And the entire game... Everyone referred to him as Lev. It was always he or leave him alone. Boy, he was always correctly pronounced. And I think especially now where people are fighting for their right to be seen as the person that they are and the person that they feel they are. Other people are really trying not to do that because they're taking the piss. It's important to see in media that we're like, we see every single type of person and we're going to treat them as exactly the type of person that they want to be. And it wasn't, like I said, with Ellie being gay, it wasn't, the whole thing about his story Mm. it was a minor part of his story like you probably wouldn't even pick up on it if you weren't listening but it was who he was and they didn't seek to erase it they made sure that everyone was right with him yeah i really appreciated that they didn't do the whole 
um, you know, big flashing arrows. Hey, look, this person is this. Uh, look at what we've done in this game, raising awareness, blah, blah, blah. It was very natural, uh, very subtle. And this is what I mean about each person feeling like their life up until this point in the game when you meet them has mattered because everyone has a history and everyone's had a journey. They've had some struggle to deal with. And um, I thought that line was weird, but I didn't pick up on it, on it then. There was a later line where Yara says, Lev was originally commissioned to marry someone. That and was like he, the second yeah, flag. Yeah. Like, but and, he, the first line, I was like, and he wasn't down for it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. You were like, yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> they never outright say that Lev is non-binary. They never outright say, you know, Lev transitioned or anything like yeah, that. They, it's something... I think they specifically don't say what his um, sexuality is or what he identifies as. Yeah. That is just Lev. And that's that. Can we kind of pay yeah. attention to the people that are trying to kill us now? Yeah. We do not have time for the pride parades. It Yeah, it's very much... <laughs> to, like, ease you lot into it. It's very much... His name is Lev now. He, him, his. And that's it. Yeah. And the way that... Everyone just accepts it. That's beautiful. It really is beautiful. I mean... That is representation done well. I think my parents were very happy about that as well. Just... Like, coming from, um, obviously, gay parentage, it's nice to be able to express to them, look at how different lifestyles are being transitioned into the media, and it's not the way that it used to be, the sort of, like, bad press that's given to all different types of sexuality, like bisexuality as well. Like, when that came out, Mm, the hysteria that came with people being able to be attracted to two different genders they completely just like glaze over it because they're like it's not important like at the end of the day zombie pandemic guys it's really not (laughs) people are dying outside (laughs) exactly people are dying nobody's looking at you they're trying to survive (laughs) i think i mean i can't speak for people who are going through this um in day-to-day life but i would like to think that this being dealt with so much uh, seriousness and authenticity while not making a spectacle spectacle of it is exactly what we need as in people who don't have that to understand what it is. I think so, it's the same way as we want to see black mm, people in the media without them being, oh my God, without them being token. Exactly. So I was about to say when people, there's a lot of people in England who I feel have not ever met a black person, but they feel they know what black people are about because of media, TV, movies, video games. And games can do the job of what TV and movies do in actually educating people on what different lifestyles are and we're not aliens we're not that different to you it's just this really small thing that is the difference between us that doesn't mean that i should be treated like a second-class citizen i've i really i really have a lot of respect for how naughty dog have handled the plethora of characters in this Mm. game yeah loved it i mean there's not much to talk about but let's talk visuals B A. What? B-E-A-U-D-A-F-O-R. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't have any complaints. There was one moment when we were playing where Owen phased through a camera, and that's my one complaint. That was a one glitch. Emmy, Ellie bugged out at one point as well, but those are minimal bugs compared yeah. to what it could have been for a game this ambitious and expensive. Mm. Really impressed with the visual detail. Um, there were some moments where I could notice like the pores on people's faces, freckles, um, little distinguishing features, eyelashes, just the attention to detail was top-notch. Because uh, we were talking about the different characters, I I feel like it's kind of clear because I chose the name Abby, that Abby was my favourite character. And I did like that they made her complex and not evil. But I also liked the way that her character was designed. Because, and I know that Abby got a lot of hay for a bunch of different reasons, and her body type was one of the reasons that she got a lot of hate because apparently that was impractical but someone who goes around popping off heads on the daily would need very very strong arms and when she's younger you hear her talking about what she can bench and i think it's definitely part of body positivity that this is a woman but she is physically suited to her career of choice she's part of the army if she was going out with like noodle arms she yeah. she just be impractical and the fact that people have an issue with this that she is not dainty feminine running around in fields away with long flowing blonde hair which is practically tied up in a ponytail it just doesn't make any sense like it's it's bad critique on their parts if someone's going to kill you or if you're going to go kill someone you're not you're not going to go out after three months of not going gym and think that you can Exactly. strangle with your bare arms you're really not <laughs> again that's just naughty dog's attention to realism abby is a character who is well versed in killing people she's going to have muscle she's going to be very strong and that is a physical representation of that um i remember seeing abby and noticed her muscles straight away and i was just like she is cool i love this character and I was very impressed. Abby, you know, uh, she was uh, what, cis, a cishet woman. And the, the only thing about her is she's very muscular. But she's still a woman. It, it's, I don't get the... <laughs> I think they wanted, like, damsel in distress type woman, you know, curvy, revealing clothing, long flowing hair. But that's not impractical in a fight. You don't see MMA fighters with their hair not tied up. Wasn't she designed based on, like, was it bodybuilders? Or yeah. Or women who have very athletic lifestyles and yeah. careers. And I it was like a crossfitter. This, yeah, there you go. It was a crossfit. And you look at her and you're like, you know what? That body type, you are elite in your fields. Yeah. Like, I don't think you'd be, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be. A lot of people were saying that the body type was um, unrealistic. And when that was a critique i tuned out because that's nonsense if you can't if you if you've looked at women bodybuilders you would know that body type is very possible that was just it was ridiculous it really was and i feel like maybe they were a little bit upset because you can't really sexual sexualize any of the um i mean you can because nobody is a sexless being technically in this game but there's no one who really caters to that field because ellie is gay Dina is bisexual, and so she's in a relationship with Ellie. Abby is a straight woman, but 
but she is not how you I assume you guys wanted her to be, like you were saying, Andy. Curvy, crop top, mm. little booty shorts, running around like help me, help me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have anyone to focus this weird obsession with women's bodies on. Yeah, I I thought it was I thought the argument against her existence was ridiculous. I feel the way uh, people were harassing Neil Druckmann and Laura Bailey, yeah, Laura Bailey, was disgraceful. Um, these are artists, and if you don't like their work, that's you're 100%, you know, um, allowed to voice that. But I think death threats and and um, abuse is just out of the question and disgraceful. Um, Laura Bailey is a legend in this field, whether she's voicing eight-year-old boys or 21-year-old women, um, she always nails it. Neil Druckmann's a visionary. Naughty Dog are, despite, um, you know, they, they do have their sins that they've committed, but this game isn't one of them. Oh. Or as we're talking, I'm literally just, <laughs> I went into the... <laughs> <laughs> I went to look at Abby Anderson on Twitter and I'm like, mm, yes, that is, that, no, that there is a woman, that is a, that is a woman. Yeah. That is a beautiful, strong woman. <laughs> Alright, so what did you think about Abby? Uh, I really hated her at the start. Um, I was very anti-Abby. And then you see her kill Joel. And halfway through the game, you have to play as her. Then in the fight between her and Ellie, you have to play as her. And, like, I hated her all the way through the game. And when Ellie doesn't kill her at the end, I was pretty bummed out. I was pretty let down. But by this point, um, I realised I didn't really hate Abby that much anymore. And, like, after experiencing the game, uh, I was just thinking about it. Like... Not, you know, throughout my whole day. But like, if I was just chilling and doing nothing, I'd be like, ah, Abby wasn't that bad. <laughs> she wasn't that bad. And then, like, you know, I just really thought about it. And if Ellie was in the exact same position as Abby, I think Ellie would have done the exact same thing. So I don't feel any way about Abby. And I feel a lot less for Ellie. So... For me, this whole thing was just pretty bittersweet. Um, so I, I don't feel anything for Abby, and I don't feel anything for Ellie. I just kind of... This is a separate game to The Last of Us Part 1. This is its own little thing, and like I'm not fond of anyone in the entire game because you, you see everyone's ugly side. Like, and... The only exceptions are are killed, I guess. Like, um, Jesse doesn't... I don't think he does anything that's really out there. Dina, I guess her... She didn't, she didn't do anything. Um, and then she she lost her partner, went through all of this stress, lost the father of her dad. Uh, I'm rambling at the moment. But anyways, long story short, I don't feel anything for Abby. And I don't feel anything for anyone else in the cast. I think you made some good points. Like, um, you get to see everyone's ugly side and people who don't really do anything, you, you don't see doing anything evil are either killed or they just walk away. So, yeah, Jesse doesn't really do anything bad. Dina walks away. 
But I think your earlier point of you get to see everyone's ugly side is just a bit of life because they are stressing the point that we're not writing, you know, lawful good characters or um, lawful evil characters. We're, we're writing everyone who's t- tiptoeing that, that grey line. So everyone's a shade of grey. So obviously Abby is... Abby was obsessed with kidding Joel, but she was also, you know, very much in love with Owen. She's, um, she's not killing Seraphites just because they're Seraphites by the end of the game. She risks her life for Yara and Lev, who, you know, are ops. Um, disobeys <laughs> direct orders from the WLF. So he basically gets thrown out of the only family that she's ever known because yeah. she doesn't want to just take orders. Mm. And then on the other side, you, you see Joel, um get killed because of all of his sins in part one you get to see ellie descend into madness because she has not properly dealt with this grief and i think a very big reason of it is because since part one she spent most of her life hating joel Mm. and they never really get to have that moment when they reconcile and there's a throwaway line in the game somewhere that um, on the stream, we actually missed it, but when we uh, we, we played off stream, uh, got a second save. Um, there is a throwaway line, something like um, Ellie says, "Oh, Joel and I haven't hung out much. Uh, tomorrow, I think we're gonna watch a movie. Tomorrow, Joel dies." Yeah, and and that's just one of those things. It's like she's not, she hasn't been able to get everything. Well, she got everything off her chest, but she wasn't able to reconcile with Joel and then he just dies and I think because of that the circumstances she becomes deranged in my opinion obsessed with killing Abby and that that you know you you start to see her take choices and make decisions that are more in line with a villain Mm. threatening Lev I kind of think at the end that is also what crosses her mind because obviously she is angry, she's furious with Abby, she's upset about Joel's death, but I think that she's fucking furious with herself because she spent so much time being angry instead of as a they spent so much time lying and being angry to each other that they weren't able to spend that small amount of time that they had together actually spending time together. So she's probably really mad and feeling really guilty and upset with herself for not trying to reconcile sooner. That's probably like a large part of the motivator of her to go after Abby. I mean, you're angry at her, but you're angry at yourself because in a way you let the good memories of him die because now you're just filled with anger. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in one of the trailers where Ellie plays a song. I can't remember what song it is. Um, and at the end of her playing this song, Joel walks into the room. So I guess this is all happening in her head. Walks into her room and says, yeah. are you sure you want to do this, kiddo? And Ellie's like, I'm going to kill every single one of them. Or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely and, right. Yeah. And based on what you guys have just said, I feel like she wanted the anger. I think she shut out Joel and then at the end when she finally does allow herself to to grieve it's because everything that she wants is right there in front of her but finally she she lets Joel in because like you see him just 
you know, sitting on the porch having some coffee. And that's when she decides to let Abby go. Um, and I think that was a really good scene because even though Ellie had made all of these mistakes, uh, that that bit of Ellie that, you know, everyone was like, oh, we want more Joel and Ellie from the first game. Play the first game again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get that back for like a brief second. Um, and I'm glad Ellie did what she did because she'd probably hate herself even more. And on top of that, like, Joel coming back into, I guess, the forefront of her mind made her not kill Abby. And thinking about it, Abby Abby now had, had Lev, and she was ready to just walk away from from Ellie and her nonsense, because she said, Ellie, if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. But she wasn't thinking about Ellie. Like, Lev was was what she had, and she could move on. Dina had her baby, so she could move on. Um, Ellie had nothing. She had nothing left. There's nothing in that town for her. There's literally only Joel. Um, and I think that's what made it even more hard for her. So, you know, I wonder about that, that feeling that Ellie doesn't have anyone there for her because if that's the case i feel like that might be a case that she made up in her mind Mm -hmm. because she was gonna go after abby and tommy was like i'm not gonna let you and tommy took the father role and he's like i'm gonna get revenge for myself and i'm gonna get revenge for you he didn't say it but he went to do it Dina mm. came with her and then when god to god damn well she had extra cargo (laughs) (laughs) with her Tommy came, uh, not Tommy, Jesse came along because he's like, I'm not going to let you guys do this by yourself. So she had a support network that were there mm. to, to help her. They were like, no, this thing happens to one of us. It happens to all of us. We're not going to let you go through this and not come back. Like, we're going to support you. And so she did have a network. She then sacrificed that network. So she did have nothing left so she may have felt in that moment that she was alone because she did have that special relationship that joel, with joel that nobody else had but every other interpersonal relationship she sacrificed for this yeah, one. Kinda, you know it was one of those it was one of those situations was it for the greater good and it wasn't really like but then she and then ellie ended up putting abby in the same situation where well, it would it could have just been Joel's dead and Abby's dad is dead. Ellie and her whole circle of friends then went off and picked off every single member of Abby's support work. So Abby mm-hmm. was alone in the end. The only reason Abby had a support work uh, support network was because she found Yara and Lev. And so that bit at the end where it's like I'm not going to fight you, and then he's like, all right, I'm about to, I'm gonna stab up your friends. Mm. That is the last bit of abby's support network and she's not gonna let somebody else take that from her she wasn't ready to sacrifice the rest of her support network and she's not gonna let anybody take it from her so yeah yes abby continues to grow while ellie doesn't as much i think i think i've brought in her all of her friends dying because it's like ellie is upset because joel is dead but that's one person and you have then killed off her first love, a mm-hmm. bunch of her friends, and then you're willing to kill 
one other person like it is sort of one of those situations where one straight like one member of your family versus seven strangers yeah or well, I, you know, I disagree that like, ever so slightly because even though it was only joel it was only abby that killed joel mm-hmm. like abby's friends were still involved they were all there they were all like complicit they were all accomplices they were all witnesses to it going down and they did nothing so i get why a lot of that anger is directed to them as well that they were completely innocent and that bullet wasn't unwarranted for each and every one of them but then if we're talking that way then the bullet that tommy received and joel received is not unwarranted and i guess that's that's another thing that the game does it means nobody is technically good in this game because we could go on for ages about who's a better person between ellie and abby but they're technically two sides of the same coin because what was it melanin gamers said it is a story of revenge and redemption so they're going through the same thing they are just reacting to it differently and having different endings Mm. it's i mean we don't know what abby's dad was getting up to on the sly they, but we know that Abby was raised as a child soldier So we can't say it was good And that we know that Joel and Tommy were going around Cracking kneecaps and making people snitch on each other And then killing them So nobody's good Yeah Which is why it's such a good game it Doesn't leave yeah. the best taste in your mouth Well it's not supposed to leave the best taste in your mouth If you wanted something to leave the best taste in your mouth There's Disney Plus now guys Nah man Disney Plus is you know what? No, that's that's not what this topic is about. But um, yeah, I I agree with that. This game isn't meant to have that happy ending, and I don't I don't know. I think mid mid game is when I realized I don't think this game is going to end the way that the uh, a normal person would make this game. So like, I feel the normal person would make Last of Us Part Two. Um, Abby kills Joel, and then the game, the differences between what Naughty Dog did and what people were expecting is Ellie getting that kill and Abby at the end, and then that happy ending, that happily ever after. I think I think mid game I realized we weren't getting that. I was actually expecting Abby to kill Ellie. Same. So I was surprise at the ending but not at the turn it did mean to leave you with that what was this all for kind of feeling well i think that is one of the main threads it was i mean it was a revenge story but in the end revenge is not meant it doesn't end well like it never ends well like you've sacrificed all of this stuff for revenge and you've got to this point and you know in your heart it's not worth it and now everyone you love doesn't want to be around you like and i think i guess it's important that the game ended like this because people don't have happy endings like it's good things don't just always happen i think the world that we live in now is evident of that and what made the last of us one such a good job was because it was based in realism and it had realistic emotions and yeah you know, the way that people were getting over grief and stuff and building friendships and stuff in the original game was why you loved it so much 
Mm. You wouldn't have liked it if, in the beginning, Joel and Ellie just linked arms and skipped all the way to the Firefly Hospital. It was the journey. That's so. true, but in that first journey, they they built something together. Like, the world was completely bleak around them, but you got Joel and Abby. Now, I'm not saying Joel and Abby. Mm-mm. <laughs> Joel and Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, even even their relationship was bleak until the middle of the game because Joel maintained th- the social distancing. You are not my daughter. I don't care about you. You are a parcel to me. I'm getting this job and paid. I am Aspus. Don't speak. But that's what makes the the last, I guess, you know, third, two thirds of the game so good because that that's completely gone by the end and you've seen that you've seen it dissipate and now they are more akin to like father and daughter um and i get what you guys mean about the second game i 100% get it but for me the second game just feels like a massive regression i don't want the first game again but it just feels like everything was broken everything was torn apart and then everything was just left in the air. And it does serve to let you know that, you know, that Revengers are going to get you anywhere. But it just feels like everything was just tossed away. Nothing was appreciated. And everything was just stashed, put in the bin. And that's that's what I that's what I dislike because I can't take anything from this game. Like, I mean I can I, I get it. You know, the spend doesn't get you anywhere, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I've left, I'm left with a feeling that, but me personally, this is me personally, I'd be happy just reading what happened on the Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page and just moving on. I, I, I didn't need to play the game and I'm glad I didn't. Um, I, I watched the Let's Play and even then I didn't want to watch the Let's Play. Like if I knew this is how it was going to go, I wouldn't have watched the Let's Play. I would have just been like, nah. I, I don't need this interesting opinion yeah i think you did make a point about the world being bleak and you know their relationship bringing you know bringing like light and color to it and i feel like in the second game the world was in a better position but it was the people that ruined it for themselves like they've got these setups they've got these great networks of friendships they had the weed farm but mm-hmm. the oh, that weed farm wasn't were... open to the public. That was I know that was open shop. to Ellie and whomst ever stumbled across <laughs> it. Yeah, so you can't act like you didn't have some good things. Everybody had PlayStation in their house. Y'all had parties and booze. Like the world had become bright again. But so true. People who people got, who really got rid of it. Yeah. Who were bleak. Who that is a really good point. I think they're in a time where it was very easy to just give up. I think Owen spoke about that and why he had defected from the WLF. He was like, we got into the situation and I could have killed this Seraphite. And he just looked at me like he was tired. He'd given up. And I think throughout the movie, uh, mo- I keep calling it a movie because it feels like... It is a movie though. It is a movie it. though. Right, it's up there. It's one of the best films I've seen this year. So- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it is. But it just has continuous themes of people giving up. And that's yeah. where the derailment from these happy lives. Because what did Abby and Owen have? They had that stadium that had everything, had nurseries and things in it. That was a community. And then they derailed. The WLF were out chopping people up. 
for their nine to fives instead of trying to build a bigger society or keeping the truce then ellie and tommy and stuff were out doing bounty hunter when they should have been surviving like living the life that they might not get to live that much longer and it's just it it did a reverse i can kind of see why it's like yeah after the first game i don't know if i can stand the bitter taste of the second one but i feel like they didn't really have anywhere else to go with the story yeah it just sucks that ellie had to regress so much from what joel would have wanted from her she's her own person don't get me wrong but joel was her dad I mean, I don't think she regressed that far from Joel. I mean, when he heard that she was going to die, he was like, everybody in this hospital is catching a bullet from doctor to custodian lineup. <laughs> like, he killed yeah. everyone. And in the same way, when, That's he, true. when he died, she was like, everybody, anyone can catch anyone it. Anyone can get it. Anyone can mm-hmm. get it. So, yeah. I very much feel that Joel would, Joel would do the same if the roles were reversed. So. Oh, Sweet mother of mercy. The yeah, but Joel would do the job. Joel would have been gone. Mm. That's the thing. Ellie didn't even it. think to do like a training montage or anything. She just <laughs> went straight out with them stringy noodle arms, can't punch or nothing. <laughs> and was like, I am going to take out this army chick. Mm. She did pretty well though. Excuse me. She did no. pretty well. Yeah, but the only way she did well was Abby had to be malnourished in the hot Santa Barbara sun for like how many months in order for you to be able to take on I mean you could have done some squats before you left you know I, <laughs> I think that's unfair I think that's that's more of a narrative thing because Ellie's not an idiot Ellie had weapons and when you have to fight Ellie as Abby like Ellie had the tools if you fuck up in that fight Ellie kills you there's a whole cutscene and everything I think it was more of a narrative choice Oh yeah, it made a great narrative choice But personally If I knew I had to fight the mountain I'm not going now <laughs> Call me in six months And I'm going to do the one punch man workout And then we'll see <laughs> Let's touch on the Audio achievements You know we haven't game. even talked about We've what? been talking about Abby and Ellie for the longest time We've barely even touched on the zombies Like <laughs> Oh, we're getting there, we're getting no, there. No, like, I genuinely forgot during the game that there were zombies. Like, yeah. Everything no, we'll, was happening, we'll and then we got there. to Santa Barbara, it's and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot going on with just the humans al- alone. So, yeah, when you factor in the clickers and the, the, the gradation of them. Which really upsets me, because I'm not going to lie, when I was watching this, um, in my head I was thinking, why haven't I bought this game? This game is sick. I want to play this. The combat looks great loving the story and then the zombies come and i'm like oh this is why i'm not playing this game no thank you <laughs> um i think audio was handled really really well in terms of how they handled like the characters finding you and then shouting out to other of uh, to other comrades to come and yeah to come and finish you off um that was cool i think the music was very much in line with what the first game provided. Very dark, gritty, um, guitar and banjo sounding music. Mm-hmm. Um, mixed with um, a lot of like heavy sounding metal music. I quite liked the soundtrack and it's going to be up there for me in terms of in-game uh, game OSTs. I thought all of the casting 
was perfect actually i don't think there was a cast member that i was annoyed at or found cringy or why did you cast this person like this um everyone sounded authentic from manny to jesse to isaac i was impressed by ellie's portrayal um abby's yeah mentioned it before but abby's portrayal was immense owen was good um i believed every moment because obviously every character's got their their marching orders but then there is a moment in the game where every character has to do something that's not in line with their main objective so owen sympathizing with seraphites saying he can't go through with killing another um so-called scar and you can believe that it doesn't sound like they're reading off a teleprompter or they're reading off a script the acting on this game was movie level and good movie level not bad movie level i could believe every um person's motive every person's emotion it was sublime does anyone have any thoughts about the audio the acting music i thought the audio was great the voice actors did an amazing job y'all need to put some respect on laura bailey's name because she slayed it she did what she had to do every just every character you could believe what they were saying it's not like you know when you see uh (laughs) when you see an anime and then they have the american voiceovers and you're like yeah everyone suited their role and they did an excellent job yeah i think even with not having troy baker in as much as you obviously wanted having his voice pulling you in Everybody else picked up the pieces and made it realistic. They gelled together. They worked together really well. Yeah. Mm. And um, I very much enjoy playing this game. I feel... I, I, I personally feel I would have missed out if I didn't play this game. I wouldn't have been satisfied watching a Let's Play. In fact, I didn't watch anyone else play this game. I would not have been satisfied watching a stream of this. Um, I needed to play this game. And through playing this game i get what this story is because i mean it's a it's a it's a very impressive story even without any game elements it would be a very good movie or a very good tv series but the fact that it's an interactive form of media a game mean that means that there's certain stuff that you get as in connections to certain characters that you wouldn't if it was just a show and that it, the game is just complete to me. What an excellent piece of media! Like, that, you know what they did? They did the job. I personally, I feel for me, of all the games that have come out on are coming out this year, this is my choice for game of the year because I really enjoyed it. And they've got some strong contenders this year, but for what I look for in a game, it ticked all the boxes. You know, I love my story. I love my story-based games. Just keeping it real. Like that's what does it for me and being able to emotionally connect and love and hate the characters simultaneously that yeah that really did it for me i think it's a good game yeah they did it they did I... well <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts on the audio isaac uh not really nothing that you guys haven't covered everyone sounded great everyone acted well there wasn't a bit where someone was speaking or going through something or conveying emotions when I thought it's a little flat. Um, yeah, audio was great. 
nothing bad I can say about that. Alright. Um, I will talk about gameplay a bit, and um, Akira might be able to chime in at certain points. Um, this game was very challenging to me because the AI was unlike any I've ever experienced before. So not only was this game um, such a good story, it was actually a very competent game. Um, so this game centers around stealth uh, to kill characters, to kill enemies, and you could either hold them hostage um, while you've got them in a strangle position, or you can drag them away so that their body isn't seen by a comrade. But if their body is seen by a comrade, you get to hear or see, if you're close enough, how they react. And that is a superb bit of acting by all of the characters who aren't even main characters. But every character's got a name. And... Yeah. Yeah. But I just clocked that. Everyone you kill has a name. And every time their body is seen... You could hear the per uh, the comrade yelling out the dead person's name, and it's just like, wow. The game has changed a bit because now they are aware that a kidder is in the house. Attention to detail, no. Um, so yeah, I, I I was very impressed with um, the developments. You could tell that this game has gone through puberty because Last of Us One, while it's a great game. Playing that game in 2019, I could tell that this is an aged game, and whether whether it's because it was a PS3 design game or whether it was you know released back in 2013, it didn't really age well for me. The gameplay, the gameplay was the weakest part of Last of Us Part One, but they, I think it's just a natural progression of games. The games on PS4 are by far the best games I've ever played. And this is just another one of those games where it's like, it's a masterpiece. The control system is great. Um, sometimes I will moan about buttons being uh, in certain places, but I have none of that. I think I'm finally okay with the L2 and RT triggers. That game was <laughs> fantastic. This game was fantastic. I have no complaints about the gameplay. The, the controls were brilliant. Um, and I would like to say that they did a really good job um, catering to different accessibility levels. So there were so many options with the subtitles. You can make the text big. And when they say big, there was actually big um, because I know a lot of games struggled with that. And I'm sure it's just something that you don't consider until someone tells you, hey, I'm very visually impaired. I need this text to be big. Um, you could set for... Um, I think black borders behind the white um, text, which is something you think every piece of media would have, but they don't. So if someone's wearing white or they're in snow, for example, it could be very difficult to read the text. And this game did a very good job of uh, making sure that no matter what you had, you could enjoy this game. Um, I didn't even think... I remember seeing stuff like that, because obviously certain things we won't consider, but... Yeah, I remember that. That was really impressive. I mean, it shouldn't be impressive. It should be standard. Basic. It should be standard. But they're like, we're going to cover all bases. Everyone who can enjoy this game will enjoy it because it is accessible. Maybe yeah. not because you like the story, but because you can play it comfortably. Yeah, and I saw videos um, 
of prominent YouTubers who were blind or had some sort of impairment and they were crying because this was a game that they could fully enjoy because Naughty Dog took the, the time to think about people who weren't as able as other people. Small details can do so much for someone. Uh, now we can talk about zombies. So we've seen the evolution of the clicker. Um, I forget what the actual scientific name they're using game. Cordyceps, something like that. That's the Cordyceps fungi or whatever. Yeah. Rubbish. So obviously you've got your runners who have just turned. Yeah. You've got your clickers who uh, are back from the first game. Yeah. Well, we only had three. In the original game, you had the runners, the clickers, and the bloaters. Mm-hmm. But then they were just adding in... Oh, so we got three extra types, yeah. actually. So bloaters came back as well. Um, we saw shamblers. Uh, that was the first, I think, uh, new zombie type. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they kind of, like, farted. And it was poisonous farts. Like, it would sap at your life over time. So you didn't want... You, you had to, like, shoot them, but continually keep moving. I was like acidic or something like it would literally digest your skin if it yeah. held onto you you just see the skin melting away it's nasty very detailed but it's nasty there's <laughs> not a world any of us should ever find ourselves in um then you had stalkers oh who those I were think, absolute pricks i think in terms of science were the stage between runner and clicker they were indeed and we find them a lot later in the game and those are the wily, um, uh, very mobile uh, form of clicker where they, even if you use listen mode, it wasn't 100% accurate. So you actually had to listen out for audio cues in the game, which again, links to the audio achievements of this game. Um, so they might maybe knock something off a table or they might be jumping around in a different room through a window and you would have to ready yourself. And yeah. while they weren't the most powerful form of clicker, they were very annoying and they could get in and out very quickly. They were like a combination of the two because they had the strength of a clicker, mm. but obviously they had the visual, they still had one eye to see what yeah. you were doing. So, and they tended to work in packs, which was so annoying. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you get trapped in the corner and they're all coming at you, it's like, you might as well just, just shoot yourself. <laughs> Yeah, the, the fact that they had an eye actually made them very compelling. So they could see as well as using um, echolocation. Yeah. So, such, such a yeah, pain. They, they were annoying. <sighs> After a while, you kind of had the tactic to deal with the shamblers. But the, the stalkers, oh boy, the new kettle of fish. And then we got the rat king. The Rat King. I forgot that there's literally a stalker that kind of peels itself off the Rat King like a mm. stab and starts running around. Ugh. That I found annoying. And I'm so thankful it was just one. I thought that will get more. Happens. Yeah. I and I was like, like nah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. The Rat King must have been the first or one of the first people to um, get the fungus and they were never killed or dealt with. So they've just been, you know, growing absorbing other clickers into this meat factory and yeah you could check our stream we just had to deal with them they were very um they had everything they had 
they had the movement, uh, they had the strength, obviously, and it was very difficult for me to deal with them in such a tight space because I kept running into narrow corridors and stuff. Oh, so funny. It was very... It was really entertaining to watch because <laughs> you are a very, like, straightforward shoot-to-kill, like, but... That's right. Uh, that fight against the Rat King, you needed to have tactic. You needed to you needed to kite it. There are a bunch of things that you needed to do to be successful. So you was hitting it, but then it was hitting you back. <laughs> <laughs> I think growing up playing fighting games, I'm always like, I've always had that kind of play style. You know, the upfront in your face, you don't get to breathe. It doesn't work when the opponent can eat my hits and deal out twice the amount of damage as me. And that's when, like, after death number five or six, that's when I'm like, okay, I need a different plan. And um, I think this is why I like playing this type of games that aren't just, you know, fighting games or racing games or sports simulation games because they test different parts of my skill set. So, yeah, very impressed with the gameplay. The, The learning curve, while I wouldn't say it was steep, I think it was... It, you couldn't play at the end of the game the way you did at the start of the game. So there was a learning curve and it was competent. It was, it did have a gradient. Um, we played on the standard difficulty, but if you played on the very hard one, which I think is grounded, um, the AI of characters is different. No, so characters would walk a certain way, stop, turn around and walk that way. And you obviously have more enemies and you know, they would hit harder. But certain things like that, is comparable to God of War's God of War mode, I think it's called, where um, certain enemies would be able to uh, one-shot you and um, you would have to um, prepare for a different type of fight. It's not just, you know, the, the same game, but everyone's a bit more difficult to kill. And I struggled with the resourcing in the last of us in the regular difficulty um bullets are few and far between so you have to be really really um efficient with your uh, your arrows your bullets your molotovs on this hardest difficulty they're even more sparse so you had to be like one of those um rangers from the wild west like (laughs) one shot everyone from the hip or you were having or you'd have a very tough time and I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Going back to the different types of zombies, I like that Neil Druckmann took into consideration the environment as well. Because, like I said earlier, I love reading the wikia for different things I've enjoyed. I was reading about the difference between bloaters and shamblers. And apparently shamblers were on the way to becoming bloaters, but due to the environment of being in a place of like, lots of water, they became shamblers instead. So it's... It kind of gives you license to imagine how many different types of infected there are that you just haven't encountered because you're not in the right environment. Mm, that's if you're a good in a place that was just endlessly hot, what would you get? Well, they, mm, wow, that is a, that is food for thought. They don't seem to like heat, don't they? They don't like fire. Fire. Okay. But nobody likes fire. Nobody likes that's getting true. set fire. No, no one likes fire. Sorry. <laughs> Did everyone have a favorite moment of this game or like a defining moment of this game? Like if someone says the last was part two, what's the first thing 
that comes into your mind. Um, let's start with Akira. What's your defining moment of The Last of Us Part 2? I don't know. Like, Abby, was, Abby is very obviously my favourite character. I do think one of the bits that sticks out in my mind is when she is captured by the Seraphides and she meets Lev and Yara. Because looking back, you can see that that is kind of the catalyst for this whole change in Abby. And this... It's just, you know, it's a wonderful relationship, especially when you see her with Lev later on and the way she treats him like family and is like, I I don't care about anything else, but I'm going to protect the crap out of him. That bit for me was just like, this is going to go somewhere and I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm really hopeful for this character. Like, I, this is going to be the catalyst for some great character development. And it was, so I feel like that's... Yeah, it's a really good point for me. Even though they did bash Yara's arm in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> slight downer to the great scene. <laughs> but, um, worked well. Well, I mean, that's still character building. Because it's like, despite that, I mean, I don't even know if she's feeling anything in that arm at that point, but she's still going on. She's not like, oh, leave me here to die. She's still very strong-willed. Yeah, yeah, and that bit where you're walking through the forest and things are attacking you, she's still ready to fight mm. stuff with this arm hanging limp, like, bad be Yara, bad be Abby, and Lev just doing the thing. Good like. boy, good boy Lev. Yeah, good boy Lev. <laughs> that good bit is when you're, like, walk completely, like, disconnected, where you're walking from building to building in the clouds. Mm. And it's just like, you know, if I had to do this, real talk, sorry, Yara. Like, I don't know what you're going to do about your arm. It got nothing to do with me. <laughs> real damn. <laughs> just, yeah. How about yourself, Isaac? Do you have a favorite moment, a defining moment of this game? Um, I think my favorite moment is quite a simple one. It's where Ellie and Joel go to the museum and just have a nice day together. Oh my days, yes. Really nice. That bit is when she's sitting in the chair like, hello, all the dinosaurs are busy. And then Joel walks in and she's like, oh, no, actually, one of the dinosaurs (laughs) is for you. (laughs) That's so funny. funny. (laughs) Um, That's so good that you remember that. I forgot that. And that was such a good moment. It was really nice. It It was just good to see, like, Joel and Ellie have a nice time together without it having to be over bonding over, you know, just a, a gun or something or like, you know, surviving an attack or or just something that isn't like it was normality yeah. before this whole pandemic pandemic. Um and it was it was just really good to see that. And for me, like I wanna look at the 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 more wholesome aspects of this game because they really help me process it like Joel's death I was the, I was I was gonna say Joel's death was my memorable moment because like that's what made me feel something but then I realized like if Joel and Abby Abby why do I keep saying Joel and Abby if Joel and Ellie didn't have this moment then like for me anyways everything else wouldn't hold as much weight like Joel dying wouldn't hold as much weight. 
Um, yeah. There is a parallel between Abby and Ellie. So everything that Ellie went through and loved with Joel, I'm pretty sure that Abby had the same with her dad. So I get that. I understand that. That's all been taken away. It makes everyone's anger just, you know, it makes more sense. Um, but also it's it's something nice that I just took away from the game. And I could sit down and I could be like, yo, Joel was... Even though he was objectively, even though he was a bad person, um, you know, he still had these other great qualities about him. And the fact that he scoured the land to find this little tape of the countdown for an astronaut going up into space. So he'd give that to Ellie and let her live her dream. Um, like I really like him. People go the extra mile. And that's what Joel did in that scene. And it was really nice. It was and it was different to everything else in Last of Us Two, which made it really stand out for me. Yeah, it was one of those beautiful moments for me. There, there were a few moments in Last of Us One where I was close to tears, and Sarah's death was one of them. Yeah, um, Sarah's death, I actually cried, and I didn't want to play the game after that for like <laughs> a whole month. I was pissed. <laughs> um, Harvey and Sam's death was another one. Mm. Um. And I feel that going into part two, I was like, uh, I'm ready for anything, you know, like, you know, I know this isn't, this isn't going to be one of those happy uh, game shows. I, I games, I feel this is going to be very Game of Thrones like, um, but still there were at least two moments I can remember where I was like, I was very close. Um, Joe's death was one. And that moment where Joe and Ellie are in the ship and Ellie's listening to the recording of a liftoff, that was the most emotional I got while playing that game. Mm. Because it was kind of like a review and a preview of what life could be like if these two were just, you know, a functioning family. Mm. It was Ellie's birthday. So, you know, the, the, the motivation's already there. It's a birthday present. Um, yeah, you touched on Joel being a bad person, but that's what we've been talking about throughout this entire review. Everyone is a tone of grey, whereas, you know, Joel has been killing people for years, but he still finds the time to give Ellie the best present she has ever had. And that that is a very beautiful moment. Uh, I think for me, it's it's going to be the obvious answer, but for me, the most memorable moment is Joel's head being turned into spaghetti. Um, just because th- that is literally the first thing I think of when The Last of Us 2 is mentioned. It is the thing that starts off everything important in this game. Yeah. Ellie's revenge. Abby, um, just finally getting the man responsible for killing her father um the liberation front starts to crumble and you start to see that through their most prominent members down to the very leader getting killed the seraphites um the war with them over the land that has been thrown into jeopardy because the characters from the wlf are now engaged in this fight with uh ellie tommy and uh jesse and this game doesn't really 
mean much without Joel's death and it is a really weird statement to say but Joel's death was necessary for this game to be a success in my opinion you are absolutely right I 100% I 100% believe that this game would not have a plausible storyline were it not for Joel's death like where could they go like he him and Ellie as a team would not have a reason to travel across this like across America unless maybe Ellie was kidnapped and then it's like it's not as good as motivation Mm, I agree as well there is nothing else yeah speaking of memorable parts like that bit in the trailer does stick with me but I think another memorable part and it's going to be Abby and Yara and Lev is the bit where Isaac gets killed Mm. and that is because Abby literally puts herself between Lev and yes yeah Isaac and that is where you can really see Abby making a definitive choice of the type of person that she wants to be Mm. like she is going against everything that she knows everything that she's been taught everything that she's been made to this community that will look after her yeah for the choice of being a good person yeah she's making that decision and it's incredibly human i think in terms of an emotive moment that would be one that really hits home yeah yeah um uh also another small thing i wanted to mention is uh when you're playing as abby with lev by his side i got flashbacks of last of us one when you're playing as joel and ellie's your psychic uh, especially because he's got the bow and arrows uh, that he was using to kill off enemies um thought that was nice it was a nice um homage to the first game i feel because it was a reflection and um it was really well played out it played out well it worked well for the story everything i've said it before but everything that happens in this game has a purpose there's a reason for it and yeah that was just a nice little moment for me personally there's so many good moments like we could keep going on about this till the cows come home they've made the masterpiece yes and on that i would like to ask everyone to rate this game out of 10 let's go with isaac first this time six okay wait are we supposed to give our reasons we rate it what we do um if you want um, uh I, I, I guess i'll give an abridged version for mine i can't like fully comment because like i haven't played the game myself so i guess i'm just going off the the story that i experienced um and i guess like some people call it a good story but for me it just wasn't for me so i'm giving it a six actually no including the combat combat was banging i'll give it a seven out of ten akira i don't really want to be that person but i think i'm going to be that person where i'm gonna give it i'm gonna have to give it a 10 out of 10 and yeah i know i know it's high but i've had this conversation with andy and the last of us was the game that i was looking forward to of 2020 like that was that's my game that's it for this year i think in terms of triple a games what i'm going to be waiting for and i feel like they really knocked it out of the park in terms of things that i look for in a game because i like my story based games i like characters that you can connect to but i also like a bit of action as well and for me they 
like I said before, they hit them up with all the things that I'm looking for. I personally can't fault it because they've managed to give good storyline, good characters that have POC and LGBTQ plus characters who are tokens. They hit the marks on all the things that I'm looking for, so I can't really fault them on anything I can think of. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Would you play again? Would <laughs> recommend? And I'm forcing down my family's throats because they must also <laughs> play and enjoy like me. Um, it's funny because they've actually been really uh, interested in this game since we described it to them. Um, and it's just like games have come so far from when we were kids and when you know they were just coming out as the new medium um so it is very amazing to hear all of this stuff like oh we're getting bona fide representation in games yeah. this is some you know it, it might not be a many pe- it might not be many people but people are watching the last of us 2 story and they're like i can see myself in this character God, i forgot like people my parents who have never played like I guess not in this these terms of a video game like a PlayStation game or Xbox or games like that in their life are turning around and being like actually yes send me the trailer tell me more about this game I want to hear about these characters like for me to be so passionate and for Naughty Dog to cover all bases in the way they did they're bringing in people who don't even play games who want to know Mm. more about it (laughs) Mm. I was debating whether to give it a 9 or a 10 but I don't like to do halves um throughout this discussion i feel i know what number i'm going to give this this game is a 10 out of 10 for me and the reason why i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 is because of many reasons i want to make this statement now that i am just rating the game as a game i am removing all of the politics and um everything around this game even though um, I do not like or respect the way Naughty Dog have treated their staff with the crunch and the NDAs and stuff. I think that is um, deplorable and I think that should be handled in its own way. I'm not going to punish this game as a result of that. I think playing this game on its own, it's a banging game. And the reason why I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 is like my complaints are very minimal. My complaints are a guy phased through a camera. My complaints are one time I tried to crouch as Ellie and she couldn't. Like, the game plays so smoothly. The story is banging for me because it's not the stereotypical anime plot. There is sadness, there is grief, and everyone's a shade of grey. I don't get that happy ending, but that's not a complaint for me. I... I'm very much a fan of the ending where Abby gets to sail away with Lev to presumably the Firefly base and Ellie is alone because she left behind her happy life in the pursuit of revenge and now she's missing two fingers and she's missing two important people in her life and I don't know what her relationship is with Tommy now because she didn't defend Tommy when he came over to the house so Ellie's more or less on on her own the game is banging uh and i feel that if you are consuming this game without playing it i think you do miss out on certain things because the the, the fact that it's a game you get more from it so the game was very challenging uh i do like the psychology used in the game i do 
very much love the representation. My one complaint would be I wish black people had survived in this game. But other than that, I think Naughty Dog have done a very impressive job. And this year might be tighter than 2018 to decide my favorite game of the year because 2018 had Red Dead Redemption 2, it had God of War, it had Marvel Spider-Man, a lot of competent, um, very, very good games. And this year we've got Resident Evil 3, The Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, um, we, we still have Cyberpunk 2077 to come, so this game is going to be it's great for the consumer i'll put it that way because competition breeds high level products and um risk breeds success and the last of us part two was a massive risk kidding off the main character within the first hour is a huge risk um putting in characters that are non-binary risk putting in um Characters that are just not white males and having them be in the spotlight, huge risk. Tom Tommy has a very minimal role in this game, and he Michael is, does. and he is, you know, the stereotypical uh, product that uh, people love, especially in the West. You know, uh, what, um, white straight male, and Tommy is very much in the in the back seat in this game. This game turns society on its head. It's not just a game. It's also a movie. It's also a series. It is an affront to a lot of um, boundaries and is actually shattering them, doing a very good job in my opinion. Um, I had a blast playing the game. And when I say that, I mean, I was shitting it during, you know, uh, creepy moments of stalkers and stuff. But... I enjoyed this game. I never was like, oh, I'm glad it's over. I was like, wow, what a journey. And I have nothing but praise for Neil Druckmann, the entire Naughty Dog team, um, Ashley Johnson, who I think is Ellie, um, Troy Baker, uh, Laura Bailey. They smashed it out of the park. I. It's going to be Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima for me, I feel. Um, I still need to get around to playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I think those two games I mentioned earlier are the forefront for Game of the Year this year. It's going to be... It's been a blessing, especially if you're uh, a a PS4 owner. It's been a blessed year for games. Um, So yeah, Last of Us Part Two is a 10 out of 10 for me. Masterpiece. Um, I very much welcome the discourse. I am glad that so many people don't like the game i disagree with all the abuse and the harassment the death threats but i am happy that people don't like this game at all because everyone's different and this game has detailed that very well that not everyone is going to treat the same event the same way absolutely right i think you're being a little bit nice with people who are sending death threats to be honest if you're sending death threats just because you didn't like the way an imaginary situation ended up you have a bit uh, brittle spirit and you don't deserve nice things if you don't <laughs> like the game however your opinion is warranted let's chat about it otherwise <laughs> and yeah that that is pretty much our uh, views on the last of us part two um I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about this masterpiece of a game. Uh, 
let us know your thoughts on the uh, on Twitter and Instagram at streamcast underscore. Let us know your rating for this game. Did you enjoy this game? I'm very much interested in other people's thoughts. Hopefully, the next game we review like this will be Ghost of Tsushima. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And also, I want to announce that on Wednesday, we will be making an announcement. So, stay tuned for that. Um, Keep your eyes peeled to the Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you'll find out what we mean by that announcement. I think that's what we've got time for. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate all the support that we've been given. If you feel inclined, we do have a Patreon with our $3 tiers who get shoutouts, um, our $5 tiers who get all of our content, including non-live YouTube videos and our podcast a day early, and our $10 tiers who will get exclusive content. If you feel inclined, we'll put that link in the description. But... Um, I hope you all stay safe. I hope that you all have a good bona fide support network. And remember, if you didn't like the game, it's just the game. So take care and stay safe.